Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bowden. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we are on Season 5, Episode 8, Hard Home. But before we get into Hard Home, something exciting happened this week, Mark. Yeah, what's that? I have started a new notebook. Good God. So, Season 5, Episode 7, was the very last episode that I could fit in my original (laughs) Game of Moans Stark notebook that I bought. (laughs) So, I've had to buy myself a new notebook. Didn't want to get another Stark one. I thought I'd mix it up a bit, get a new house. So, looked everywhere to try and get a Lannister notebook, because makes sense, right? Mm. Can't get a Lannister notebook anywhere. So, then I thought, oh, maybe I'll get a Bolton notebook, because, you know, I'm Bolton. Makes sense. A little on the nose, but yeah. Yeah. Can't get a Bolton notebook. So, I've ended up... Having to have a fucking Targaryen notebook, which I'm not particularly happy about, because of you, all the houses, meh. Yeah, like, you'd, you'd be better just going back to school and nicking some exercise books. Yeah, so, and also, I've bought it off an Amazon seller. That's how fucking difficult this thing was to get hold of. When I bought the Stark one, there was loads of them, right? Yeah. So I've bought this thing off an Amazon seller, and, I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions, but it's. I think it's come from a shop of that sells some things of... Shall we just say ill repute? Um, <laughs> because it's it's pungent, um, to say the least. Um, okay. Smells like a fucking brothel, to be honest. This notebook. I wouldn't know. I've never been in one. Um, well, okay. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> it smells like what one would imagine a brothel to smell like. Nice save. Nobody yeah. noticed. No, no, I'm sure nobody noticed that one. So anyway, yeah, I got excited because I started a new notebook. Uh, it gets me high every time I fucking open it because it reeks <laughs> that badly. Nice. So, so fuck knows where this episode's going to go because I may as well be sat here sniffing glue as opening Sweet. this notebook. Anyway, right, season five, episode eight, Hard Home. Um, worst episode yet. Uh, not worst episode, sorry, worst opening yet. Like, yeah. not the worst episode yet. That was that was me misspeaking. I told you I was high. Um, <laughs> worst opening yet. What is with that long, drawn out silence? Like, yeah, I what? don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't work that out. I mean, if this was the middle of an episode, or even the middle of a scene, then I would understand that you want to try and get tension in yeah. this. But to open on it just feels like there's just way too much breathing room. Yeah. In, the opening, in the episode, like, why why didn't we just come straight in on Danny questioning Tyrion? Well, yeah, this is it. And I mean, the thing is, I know we ended the last episode. With, uh, we didn't end the last episode. We should have ended the last episode um, with, with these two meeting for the first time. Um, and this feels, I know, this is very much, he, they've been dragged away from the fighting pits and straight into the throne room, which all of a sudden is a different room and they've been shot from the other side. Yeah, why was that? I thought that as well. That's weird. Yeah, that's really weird because we've not seen this particular side of the pyramid before, just like they're in the mirror bit no, the, on yeah. the other side of us. So that was that was weird. Um, and the, the whole scene, I mean, I've, I've been saying for 4.8 seasons now that I'm looking forward to the bit in season five where they really they first meet and get into it. I'm not talking about this fucking scene. Um, yeah. but everything's really stunted and it, like even like even though they're, they're playing it as though they don't know each other don't trust each other and they're trying to sort of feel each other out a little bit it just feels really stunted and yeah I, I think the, the the gaps are probably part of the problem it's like they're trying to remember their lines it's like they're on stage and somebody's feeding them lines yeah i mean i think it's been played that way purposely it's like they're kind of caged animals almost yeah it's, but it's, it's sort it's of not, like it's not awkward enough it just feels no. it, it just feels slow 
Uh, it definitely does feel slow. It's, it's definitely mishandled. There is some nice stuff in there, you know, particularly from Tyrion. You know, he's, yeah. he's throwing, he's, he's dropping some truth bombs on Danny, basically, uh, yeah. which you know we we haven't seen anyone, not even Jorah or Barristan. You know, they they've sort of tried to cajole her a little bit into doing the right yeah. thing, but Tyrion just flat out doesn't give a shit. He just tells her the truth. Yeah, and, um, and the thing is as well. I mean, we've we've said from day one, and it's it's not a popular opinion, and people still fucking rail against it, but. Even here, she is spiteful, she's vindictive, she's petty, mm. and she's bloodthirsty. Yeah, and Tyrion's got no time for any of that. Yeah, and just because Tyrion's straight grown up with that. So yeah, you know, Tyrion has been raised in that way. He's come from that environment where he has had to kill his father. Oh, he didn't yes. have to kill his father, he's killed his father. No, he's done all this stuff. He's seen the petulant, he's done the petulant child thing himself. He doesn't need it. No. And if, if if he's trying to sound her out as to whether she'll be a good ruler or, or a suitable queen, or whether she has what it takes to be a queen then what she's displaying here is really fucking petulant child. Yeah, and, and actually, for for as much as, yes, I agree, the scene is is not the best, um, the interaction between them yeah. is quite good in revealing that. You know, you get, you get this weird sort of power dynamic between them, which actually is, you know, Danny likes to think she's in charge here, but Tyrion is clearly in charge for the whole scene. You know, he, yeah. the, the kind of shit he's throwing at her, you know, killing and politics aren't always the same thing, mm. uh, which, you know, that was an ear punch moment. It's like, finally, yeah. right, somebody somebody's, somebody's noticed. fucking truth. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he, he says to her, a ruler who kills those devoted to her is not a ruler who inspires devotion. Mm. Um, you know, he just keeps dropping these truth bombs on her to the point where, you know, she sort of says to him about um, she will allow him to serve her. And he sort of says, oh, you will allow me to serve yeah. you. Who says As I want to serve like, you? Yeah, exactly. Like, hang on a minute. I didn't say I was doing jack shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to have a chat to you. Like, I, it's great. I love Tyrion in this scene. Um, yeah. And, it's and it's, I mean, we've not seen it in, in this season so far with him either. I mean, we talked last week about how out of character and how they kind of had to force him into uh, being violent and aggressive so he could stay with Jorah for seemingly no reason. Um, and it's the first time this season that we've seen Tyrion be Tyrion. Yes. And it's it's a, it's a, it's really refreshing. And actually, this is the episode that um, Peter Dinklage put forward um, as evidence of his, um, oh, to go with his be um, Best Supporting Actor um, Emmy nomination. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get that. I think he's excellent in this scene. Yeah, in the, the two scenes he's in, I think, I think he's yeah. excellent. Um, as I said, as I said, the the interactions seem a bit stunted. I, I think you're right. I think it's, that's played for, but yeah. I, I don't think it comes off the way it was intended. I think it comes off more that so they're they're not quite sure what's going on, as opposed to their no, as 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 actors rather than the characters. Um, yeah, so it's, I, it's it's poor direction, is what it is. Yeah, it just it just felt good off to me. Yeah, it's poor direction, and, and I don't even think it would have felt like that on set. I think it's it's just not working in the edit. Um, yeah, that's right. And that again, just lies on the shoulders of the director, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's the same director as last week, isn't it? Miguel Sapochnik. I'm not going to try and pronounce it again because I fucked that up twice. Um, but yeah, it's the same director as last week, so this is his second stab at it. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, other than that, it's you know it it is a good scene. It's just it's mishandled. Um, yeah. And then you sort of Tyrion. Well, he doesn't really stab Jorah in the back uh, so much as stab him in the front. Um, but my heart breaks for Jorah in this scene when he's yeah. sort of sent aside. But this action of her bring it, you know, he brings Tyrion in and she she gets him into the throne room and stuff to dismiss him. Hmm. Um, and it just makes 
the last few weeks of Jorah's story entirely pointless. Yeah, because he's exactly back where he started. He's, he's achieved nothing. Where, yeah, he's back where he started. Tyrion would have got there anyway. Yes, so what what has been the point in Jorah the last couple of weeks, other than yeah. he's, he's now got stone skin? Like, what's yeah. What's the point? And I mean, I you're right. I mean, you, you so you, your heart does sort of break from him, a bit and you, your heart does go out to him because I don't think Tyrion sort of stabs him in the back. I mean, Tyrion saves him. You know, Danny is no Danny being Danny is ready to kill him. Yeah, you know, she's ready to execute him, and she you know she has to be convinced not to. And for all all the pontificating he does, not. Tyrion very much you know, saves him with another stuff when a, a ruler who kills those devoted, etc. And all the things he said. So it 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 does it 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 does look like like he's siding with her and he's he's stabbing. You know he, he is um, effectively turning on Jorah. But in fact, I think it's the opposite. I think he, I think he's he's done it in such a way. And I think again, I think that's whether it's come from the book or whether it's um, whether it's uh, the one the twins have done. I think it's handled pretty well, and it's you know it's quite obvious what he's doing. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you, but it, it, uh, but it, it, it goes in such a way that you, you know, even you know, so even though he has uh, stabbed him in the front, as you said, you still don't can't feel too badly about it because the alternative was that he gets stabbed just below the neck. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, that's what I mean. It's it's not like there's any malice in it. It's not yeah. like he's turning on him. It's just like look, this is going to be painful. Yeah. Um. And, and he does what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. And he does what he needs to do. He stabs him in the front. He, he's not. You know he's not untoward about it at all, but yeah, my my heart really breaks for Jorah. Uh, yeah, you do some think a bit, don't you? You know, it's it's one of those you kind of think, well, you know, yeah, okay, he hasn't really done a great deal to redeem himself yet, but he he was on a path, and now all of a sudden it's just like, no, shut the gate, fuck off. I mean, I'm not sure he ever really had to redeem himself in the first place. Like he more than yes, okay, initially, I, I think was... in, in her eyes, uh, I mean. Yeah, but that's because she's a petulant fucking child. Yeah, like, exactly. yes, initially he was sent to spy on her, but that was a long, long fucking time ago. And the good he's done her since far outweighs the bad he yeah. would have done then, which, let's I, be even, honest, was minimal. Yeah, and, and even to the point where Tyrion outright says, you know, he could, you know, he, he could quite easily have you know, cut, uh, cut your throat in your sleep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there's that thing we said, no, okay, there's, yes, okay, you've, you've been made a fool of, and that's, no, that's why you're lashing out, because you're embarrassed and humiliated and you feel betrayed. But in reality, he you know he's he's betrayed far more people, far more powerful people, in order to not betray you. Yes, but absolutely. The, and, and the bit she doesn't like is the fact that she didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I get I get the intent behind the scene, and I certainly feel what I'm meant to feel. But I'm just left thinking, what has been the point in him for the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, that's so right. that that annoyed me. Uh, what annoyed me even more was the next scene where we're in in the jail cell with Cersei and she's being sort of the the kind of nun or whatever the fuck she's supposed to be, the sisters trying to, she's got this spoon that yeah. she's sort of taunting Cersei with saying, confess, confess, confess. Right, now, Cersei's hands are not bound. Correct. Why doesn't she just grab the fucking spoon, twat her over the head with it and eat whatever she wants? Like, yeah. like you've only got to look at the two of them. Cersei is clearly fitter and more capable than the sister. So just fuck her up. Well, yeah, who's going to stop it. her? They're locked in a cell together. She could fuck her right up. Yeah, like, and I think the the problem is, I mean, with Cersei, she's always had people to do her dirty work for her, and she's always always come up with the scheme. She's always done the thinking and the plotting, but let other people do the actual violence and all the rest of it. And I think this is something that she hasn't quite got to grips with yet. Is the fact she's not in that position anymore. So if she needs, if she wants to do anything, she has to do it herself. Um, again, I think that um, Lena Headey was great in you no know, in the the two. I think there's only two scenes we have with her, isn't it? I think she does really yeah, yeah. well. Um, uh, Hannah Waddingham is the sister. I like. I always like her. She's um, what, in everything she does. She's just very 
she's very staunch and very stoic and you get the impression that she's actually a bit of a pain in the ass in real life as well um but yeah i think they both do really well i think as this storyline runs the the interaction between these two fleeting as they are they're probably the best bit of the whole lot because you just because you just really want to see Cersei turn around and smash her in the face you do, and and I just do not understand why it doesn't happen. Like, yeah, I get that. Okay, maybe she has other people to do her dirty work, but her back is literally against the wall here, right? She's starving, and but I'm, I don't I'm, think she realizes that yet. I don't think she. I mean, I think she's still holding out that no, Tommen is the king, and Tommen will sort this out, and you will die. Um, oh no, I'm going to get out of this, but she hasn't worked out how yet, and I don't. I don't think she's quite at rock bottom yet. I mean, later on when we see her do what she you know what she does later on, I think she's vastly, you know, rapidly approaching it. But I think at this point she's well, still thinking this is just no fucking this we'll, is just a blip. We'll get on to what she does later on when we get there, but that's yeah. even more annoying. But for me, this is one of those, you know, and I know it's normally you that pulls up the logic gaps, but this was a massive one for me. Like she is barely restrained. So just just fucking twatter. Well it was the same with Marjorie last week as well. When when yeah. Cersei went to visit her, she wasn't bound either. Yes. She was in a cell and she could quite easily have got up, battered Cersei, put her dress on and walked out, pretending yeah. to be her. It's just another thing about this storyline that doesn't make... This whole storyline is utter horseshit. Yeah, it's bollocks. Utter, utter, utter horseshit. I hate it so much. Um, So, so yeah, we get that scene. And, yeah, you're right. Like, Lenahead is great, but scene is pointless. Makes no fucking sense whatsoever. She Mm. should just grab the spoon and stick it up her fucking nose. Um, (laughs) It's what I would do. Um, Now, so we're over with Arya, right? Yeah. Next. Now... Arya's meant to be no one now, isn't she? No, she's not no one. She's someone. Yeah. So, huh? Like, like if she's meant to be no one, because we spent weeks saying a girl is no one, a girl is no one. Yeah, so but if, if you she's remember no last, one, if you remember last time we saw her, he said that she wasn't ready to be no one, but she was ready, she ready to, to be someone. someone. Yeah, I get that, right? I still get that. But then, why is she Lana? If 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 her because goal, they need a Lana. Yeah, but if her goal is to become no one, then. I, it doesn't make sense. This... It's, a, it's a proving thing, isn't it? So no, she has to prove that she can she can follow, she can do as she's told, she can serve the many faced God in another way before she's ready to become no one. Right, it's... but no, if 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 she's going to serve, hmm. then she becomes subservient. So then she is no one. If she's someone, then she's making her own choices. So she's either no one or she's someone. And if she's someone, then she can't become no one. And if she is someone, then She's Arya Stark. This storyline, if you think about it for more than two seconds, is utter, even more so than the Sparrows, is utter nonsense. It's just gobbledygook. These yeah. characters are talking in horseshit. It's the Game of Thrones equivalent of fucking techno babble. Yeah. It's there's, there's a there's a fundamental flaw with, with what you just said. Which is if you think about it for two minutes. Yeah, I know. You shouldn't think. You I know. shouldn't think. That's that's the thing, but you're not you're not supposed to think. You're supposed to watch and go, ooh. Well, see, this is the thing, and this is why I say it's techno babble. If you think of the function of techno babble in a sci-fi script, hmm. it, it it is literally right. Uh, we need to get this spaceship from here to here, so we'll open a subatomic wormhole using tachyon particles, and we'll just go faster than light. We'll go at the speed of light, and we'll go through the wormhole. That makes no fucking sense, and there's no science involved whatsoever. But because of the world you're in, you just go, yeah, all right. And it yeah. washes over you. And I think for 90% of the audience, this will wash over them. And the problem is they've made it so fucking annoying that I, and so confusing that you just go, no, this is horseshit. They, like, the, as, as annoying as the storyline is with Cersei and the Sparrows, and it is annoying, 
at least I'm able to kind of go with it. This, every time this motherfucker opens his mouth and starts talking shit about a man and a girl, I just switch off entirely. And I'm not interested in anything that's happening. It's yeah, just Yeah, well, I mean, when, when you start getting people talking about a man and a girl, you, you're, in, you're instantly drawn, drawn into Gary Glitter territory. I don't want to think about that anyway. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't like this storyline just because it's pointless. Um, I don't, it doesn't annoy me as much as it annoys you. I know that, but um, it, it it's it's annoying and it's pointless. But it's more screen time for Arya, so I don't necessarily mind. Um, and because she, I mean, as we'll see next week, she doesn't embrace it. Um, she, as I said, she's not no one and she's not someone. She's Arya fucking Stark, yeah. and she will always be Arya Stark. So this whole thing, it's it, it's playing dress up, and yeah. I don't necessarily mind that so much at the moment. When we get the the crap at the end of the season, um, that's when it starts to annoy me. I mean, the storyline annoys me all along. It's the actual fucking dialogue, and it it just gets under my skin. I mean, it's, it's like, just the whole character thing of of, of Jacques oh. Gare, or or no one as as he actually is, you know. And that when when you had him in dispatches in season two, when he's yeah, that, there, that was he's fine. He was, and all the rest of it, that was, he was fine. cool and mysterious. Yeah, and, and even to the point yeah. where he was um, no, he he executed the guards so they could escape and stuff like that. That was fine. Now you've put him, you've put him in a very prominent role in a storyline that completely diverges from the main path, to a point where you could not have it. You could ha- you could have had you could have left Arya with the Hound. You could have had Arya on her own, fending for herself yeah. and learning how to fend for herself. And the same would have happened without this story ever occurring. The only thing that doesn't happen is the Walder Frey bit, which is fucking awesome. Um, but no, it, you, with the exception of that, you don't need this story. No. Arya, Arya doesn't learn to be a killer. From this, she doesn't learn to be a fighter. From this, maybe no. she learns a bit of self sufficiency. I don't know, but I think she'd have learned that anyway. Yeah, and and you could still with the Walter Frey thing. There's a hundred other ways you could go about that without yeah. resorting to this absolute horse shit story, um, and without relying on this techno babble, which is just it's fucking nonsense. I fucking hate it it's exactly the kind of shit and i'll swallow it in sci-fi because most of the time it is just there to serve the story and have it zip by and it doesn't repeat itself this is the kind of shit that you get in high fantasy that really annoys me which is why i normally fucking hate it this is the kind of shit you get in rubbish like lord of the fucking rings where we have history lessons for fucking generations and generations about characters that we don't care about and we find out what fucking food they're eating and what it smells like and what pipe they're smoking and what colour the fucking corns on their feet are. Like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. Get on with the fucking story. You're not building your world. You're just talking shit. I hate it. Rant over. (laughs) Uh, I don't don't feel as strongly about it as you do. Um, So we'll we'll move on. Uh, Okay, back with Cersei. Um, now, her just absolutely refusing to confess, because this is the second time we spend with Cersei. This, I think there's three scenes total. Yeah, second time we're yeah. 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 Her absolute refusal to confess is the only thing about this storyline that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, because she wouldn't. Because she wouldn't, and she really doesn't have to. <laughs> That's the point. It's not that she... Like, she wouldn't, you're right. Um, and, and yes, she's done it, but she doesn't have to fucking answer to anyone. Well, so, no, this is, this is it. I mean, the whole thing we've had all, all, all uh, since the, the the sparrows were introduced at the beginning of the season, it's they're a fanatical group. They're they're religious zealots. They have no fucking authority. So even though she, no, Cersei will think that a she's done nothing wrong and b she's above it all anyway. Yeah, she, it, no, it doesn't mean anything. It, it, it you know, it's a, it's a they're a kangaroo course. So what? No, why would she confess to something that doesn't have any bearing on anything? Yeah, it's, it's bollocks. 
out of bollocks um, that, that they should even put her in that situation. But but her just saying, no, I won't confess, is the only thing yeah. that I think makes sense. It rings true to her character. Um, and I even her we- response to, to the scepter as well, where she's saying, no, I meant it. You, you know, This will be the last face you'll see before you die. I'll, I'm thinking of horrible ways to kill you, all this sort of stuff. That is her character. That's entirely... Yes, she means it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, she's great. Um, it's just storylines bollocks um and while we're talking about bollocks we then move over to spend some time with theon fucking greyjoy um who tells us flat out there is no theon but there is is only zool um he tells us there's no theon right that go on you're gonna go exactly where i'm going with this go on you take it so so ram ramsey cut away piece by piece until there's no theon left except if if there's no theon left how the fuck does he know yes how do you remember that there's there's conscious memory yeah, he knows what he he knows what he, what he did as Theon. He know he regrets what he did, and that's fine. That that's character development. So, but saying Theon is gone, there's no Theon left. How, in that case, how are we having this fucking conversation? He actually says, "I deserve to be reek." That yeah. therefore suggests that Theon is in there and is so deeply ashamed of himself that he's yes. gone into some sort of psychosis. Yeah, where he's now it, basically he's developed a split personality, and that I would accept. But that's yeah. not what they're actually playing for. They're flat no. out saying, like, Theon ain't here anymore. But yeah. he, he clearly fucking is. fucking is. This is Theon talking. This isn't Reek talking to Sansa. No. This is Theon talking to Sansa, pretending yeah. to be Reek. Yeah, and even to the point where he he, so he, he, he admits that he didn't kill Bran and Rickon and they were just two farm boys. Again, Reek wouldn't know that. Wouldn't know that, no. It's... Reek wasn't there. It was Theon. Theon did that. And Theon is ashamed of himself. Theon is embarrassed. The, you know... Theon feel no, he's punishing himself as much as as Ramsey punished him, and that's fine. Again, that's a, that's character work. I like that, but they they're trying to spin it that you know he's you know, that Theon is dead and and Reek is all that's in there, and it no, it clearly isn't because they've again my my favorite fucking hobby horse. They did it off screen, so it doesn't it doesn't sell anyway. But then when you get shit like this where he's saying, oh yeah, I deserve this because I was bad. You know, yeah. that's it. That's no, I, I'm a bad thing. This is my shame. This is my penance. But you can't yeah. have that if you're Reek. No. You can only have that if you're still Theon fucking Greyjoy. You can't have it both ways. No. You just can't. Um, and for what it's worth, I mean, I think Alfie Allen does a fantastic job of this scene. It's probably my favourite scene that he's in in the entire show. I've got to be fair, right? We hate Theon as a character, um, but I've got to be fair. I actually think Alfie Allen does a decent job all the he, way through the show. He does make I a best of it. I think this I is think probably his my performance, favourite. Yeah, his performance at times is fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think his performance as Reek is really, really good. He's got the nervous twitch and everything down. Mm. It's what he's given is the problem. You know, Theon yeah. is a is is a cunt to begin with and then just gets progressively worse and reek makes no sense but i think alfie allen as a performer actually does a really good job mm. um it just i mean he's got an annoying face isn't he but nice ginger which doesn't help he can't help that you know but he's got uh, that kind of serves the character a little bit yeah as well. he's, he's, so, got, he's got some chops and offense to him he, you know, he does a good I job think so i think he does i i do think he does a really good job it's the character and the storyline that i don't like yeah um so Apart from the fact that this scene just continues to make zero sense with the Theon Reek storyline, I think the rest of it is pretty good. Um, I like I like all the stuff we're getting with Sansa and him together um, yeah. because it's building her as a character. Yeah. So that's all good. Um, we get, you know, aside from the stuff that happens at the end, we get probably my favourite scene next, though, and it's very, very brief. We just get a scene with uh, Ramsay and Ruth Bolton talking tactics. Yeah. And, and Ramsay's just fucking boss in this scene. Like, he's brilliant. When... It, whether whether you like him or not, and we've talked about, you know, he is a despicable character, but he's played very well. Yeah. Um, 
he's just fucking boss when he turns around and says, I don't need an army. I need yeah. 20 good men. Yeah. Um, it, it almost makes me want to root for him. You know, I'm always thinking, yeah, go on. This is like, this is men on a mission here now. Yeah. Like, you know, he literally well, well, is the it. reverse and... of Jon Snow, which is what he's being built to be. Yeah. That, that's it. And I mean, the whole um, the whole thing of I need 20 good men. What he actually means, I need 20 hardened bastards. Yeah. But exactly. it's, you know, it's 20 uh, fucking psychos. Yeah. And I'll, 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 so, I'll, I'll end this war right now. I'll sort it right now. Yeah. Don't ask questions. I, I don't know. You, you don't need to know what I'm doing. Just let me get on with it. I love it. I love yeah, I love the way it's written. I love the delivery. I love everything about it. And it does. It, it If he wasn't going to end up going up against our boy. I would be like, yeah, go on. I don't think this. I don't think there's any other character other than John you can put him up against here where I wouldn't secretly be rooting for him yeah, after a line right. like that and the performances he's given. I'm like, yeah, go on, you cheeky little fucker. Do you know what I mean? You're just <laughs> yeah. this, you're this fucking nobody. We've not even seen him fight properly at this point. We've seen him chase Reek around a bit, but we haven't yeah. seen him fight. No, we've he's not just... seen him pull a sword. But then that again, that's the character that he is. That we we don't need to see him pull a sword. We just know we. We'll see. He's a bit like um, like Littlefinger. He's always up to something. But yeah. The difference being is that Littlefinger is creepy as all, as all hell, and Ramsay, I say, he's just a little scamp. And yes. Okay, he might get yeah. a bit carried away, but you see, you see this scene where he's just no, just that fucking smile. Yeah. And he's just like, just give me twenty, man. Yeah. Are you are you like are oh, you cheeky little fucker? Yeah, have, have, have a go. go. Son. Yeah. Have a go. Yeah. Exactly. You do it. And it you know, it's because he kind of gets rewarded for that as well. You know, when he pulls these things off, like we haven't seen him have a big battle before, but he has he has just pulled it out of the bag for Roos on several occasions and he gets rewarded for it. You know, he gets the yeah. little tussle on the head and, oh, you are my son. Oh, you cheeky little bastard. Yeah. Well, then, if I'd have known you were doing it, I'd have stopped you, but it worked. Well done. Yeah. You know, and so there is a little piece of me by this point in the show that's just going like, yeah, you're a despicable bastard, but... But I think it's the joy he plays it with as well. Oh, it is, definitely. Like, he wants to do this. (laughs) Again, we were talking about um, Alfie Allen in the last scene. Um, You and Rion's exactly the same. He he entirely gets this character. He gets what a piece of shit he is. Yeah. But he he loves him for it, and you get get that sense that he's embodying this character. He he just gets it. I think he's, he's absolutely perfect for it. Oh, yeah. Um, And he does a really, really good job with it, to a point where, as you said, you want to hate him, but actually... Do you? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, if this was somebody like Joffrey coming out with this line, you'd be going, ah, oh, fuck off, yeah. you prick. Because you know it's just arrogance and he doesn't know what you do. But I don't know. You just kind of get with Ramsey. You're like, he, he might. He might be able to pull this off. And if he doesn't, he's certainly going to die trying. So yeah. have a go, son. Go on. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in his corner a bit here. Um, so I, I really like that scene. I just thought it was great. I, I love shit like that. Um, yeah. he, he is a. At this point, he just kind of rises to become an anti-hero in that scene, doesn't he? He's just yeah. like, I, I like him. Um, but the thing so, is, I mean, the, there's one thing I will say, and uh, the, I we talked about it when they were doing the whole you know, Battle of the Five Kings thing and all that sort of shit. About how, you know, a lot of it was really disinteresting. But it's they've been painted in such a way that you know, they're villains because you know, Roos double-crossed John and obviously Ramsay um, castrated and mutilated uh, Theon and... Uh, 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 was uh, aggressive and abusive and violent towards Sansa, so we get all of that. But given the situation they're in, whereby he, is, no, Roose is warden of the North. The North mm-hmm. is about to come under attack. It's their so, job to defend it. Yeah, it's their job to defend it and to defend the people of the North. Now, okay, they may use them as arrow fodder because they're villains, and no, that's what you expect. But they're defending the North. That's the point of them. So it's very difficult to actually root against them when. Uh, so okay, no, we, we've we've seen them do heinous things, but at, th- at this point. Roos is just cementing his legacy. Roos is going, look, well, the Starks have been here for generations. The Starks are now gone. 
so now it's my turn and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my hold and you know he's not particularly cruel he's not particularly mean or violent he's just you know he is less honorable than ned because everybody's less honorable than ned but he's doing his duty and yeah. i don't i think i think it's 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 quite easy to draw these of you know, these um very dark very negative opinions of them but they're, they're not you no know, ramsey being a sociopath aside um it, no they're not doing that bad a job no, I mean, I said um, a couple of seasons ago now when, when we first started seeing more of Roos, you know, Red Wedding aside, like, yeah, what he does there is is just flat-out betrayal, but there was a means to an end there. You know, he'd forged a deal and, again, believed he was acting certainly in his greater good yeah. and probably for the greater good in the North. And, and arguably, maybe he was because Rob was so consumed with vengeance that he wasn't really... I mean, he wasn't defending the North at all. He'd no, fucked he, off. Well, yeah, he was going for the throne. You know, he, right? at that point, so, Rob, Rob, yeah. was, Rob was after Joffrey's head. He, yeah. he, want, he wanted the top job. So, you know, questionable morals there aside, like, actually, well, I think I think Ramsey is one of the most... He, he's one of the straightest arrows in the show. Like, he's he's got a job. He's doing his fucking job. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, and there's no fucking around. Like, at no point is he particularly duplicitous. No. Like, yeah, he turns... All right, he turns on the Starks at the Red Wedding. But otherwise, if he's... You know, when you see him talking to other characters, like Littlefinger and people like that, he just fucking shoots straight. He calls yeah. a spade a spade. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, that's, there's something to be said for that in this show, I yeah, think. It doesn't happen often. Um, no, I, I, I don't dislike the Boltons at all. Yes, they do some despicable stuff. But so um, does everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Like, is Ramsay really any worse than Joffrey? Like, No, not know, really. I, I don't think so either. Joffrey was an abusive little prick as well. Well, so, if you think of what Joffrey did to Roz. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to pull those lines as well, look at what Jamie did to Cersei. Like, yeah. so is Ramsay really any worse than them? I don't think so. So anyway, that's my two cents on Ramsay Bolton. Um, I, I, yeah, Another unpopular opinion brought to you. I'm fucking full of them. Um, it's obviously me. I get that. But, you know, this is my hot take. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think there will be many who do. Um, but, yeah, I don't, disagree, I don't necessarily disagree with you. No, so look, if he was going up against anyone else, I'd be like, yeah, go on, son. Um, unfortunately, he's going to end up going against John eventually, and then, spoilers, um, <laughs> you know why now, it's in the fucking episode title, but, yeah, exactly. you know, it, it, John's about the only character that you put anybody you like up against him, and I'm in John's corner, so, yeah, you know, All right. Anyway, enough about the bones because it's a very, very short scene, and we've talked about it for fucking longer than any of the other scenes so far, I think. <laughs> um, back over to Danny and Tyrion. Yeah. Great scene. Great yeah, this, this is the one I've been pining for since day one. Yeah, great scene between the two of them. Um, unfortunately, they don't stick the landing. They no. nearly get this scene right. You know, with her performance, especially with, with her questioning, I am terrible. As if, yeah. like, what, what do you mean I'm? Like, she really cannot see it. No. And she nails that performance. I mean, like, absolutely nails it. Of like, there's a thing that even a villain doesn't know they're a villain. You know, yeah. similar thing with the Boltons. If if they are to be villains, they they don't know. They believe what they're doing is right, and so does she. There is so much conviction in what she's saying. Like, she she's shocked. You know, when she says, "I am terrible," like, you know, really, what the fuck are you talking about? She yeah. doesn't see it. Um, and you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the look on her face when yeah. she was in bed with with Dario and how. Uh, I felt for the character more in in that in that scene than I have all show, and 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 this is another one of those moments where just in the delivery of a line and and the performances between two actors, finally you're like, right, okay, there's something there. Yeah, 
there is something there. Now, I get it. She really does think that she's doing right. It's not just about fire and blood and vengeance. Like, she genuinely believes that she's doing right, which has been the intent all along. Yeah. But they just don't show that. It's more about, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to burn them or whatever. And they nearly get it all right until we get to the end and they throw it all away on some fucking flourish of dialogue, which is bound to have come from the book and is fucking terrible, mm. where she says that they're all just spokes on a wheel. Yeah. I'm going to break the wheel. Of course she's going to break the wheel. Yeah, because she's, she's the breaker. She's the breaker of the chains and the mother of the dragons and the fucking Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea and whatever else she wants to be. Now she wants to be the fucking breaker of the wheel. Right, okay, fine. But that makes you a tyrant. And not 30 seconds ago, you were almost questioning that and it was interesting. Yeah. Now you've just complete 180 again. And he is a fucking psychopathic nutter again. Yeah, um, and even to the point where he, you know he's in in the, the, the scene that's come before it, in the dialogue that's come before it. You no, know, he's talking about you know, the the great houses and the fact that you know she will need support because she had you no, know, she has a name and that's it. She doesn't have yeah. any family. She doesn't have any lo- any 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 loyalists in in Westeros because her family, a her father you know, was insane and tried to kill everybody, but. He, you know, she's the last of her line. There's nobody left to support her unconditionally, so she is going to need to go in there and win people over. And he, he's he almost gets that through to her, and then you get this thing about you no know, Stark, Targaryen, or Stark, Baratheon, Lannister, all cogs in all cogs in a wheel or spokes in a wheel. I'm going to smash the wheel. Well, great. So you've completely missed the fucking point of what he said is that you can't rule on your own. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I mean, and you no, know, again, this is this is where we're going to get to towards the end of the show, is that. She, you know, she is, as we've said many times, I've said in this episode, she is vengeful, she is spiteful, she is petty, she's vindictive, and she abuses her partner. No, she abuses the the extra power she has, and she threatens to here, where she says, "No, I'll, I'll have, no, I'll, I'll have more followers and bigger dragons, or a, a, a big army and bigger dragons, or whatever it is." And she, you know, in the back of her mind, it's always threat. It's always assert my dominance, show who's no, show why I'm, show that I'm a Targaryen, and we don't take any shit, and that's fine. But she doesn't have any sort of gauge or any sort of filter with that. So it's just her, her immediate response to everything is burn the fucking thing down. Yeah. And yeah. we'll literally see that later on. Yeah. They they almost make her interesting here, don't they? Almost. Yeah. And it's via Tyrion as well. And via her relationship with Tyrion, there's almost something interesting happened. And yes. then it's like they, they take us right to the precipice and then just go, nah, fuck it. Yeah, no, fuck we're not ready for that yet. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, so that's annoying. But the rest of the scene is really good. I feel like they just completely fuck it at the end. Yeah. Um, shame. Shame, really. Um, then we get back to Susie. Yeah. Right. Now, this one doesn't make any fucking sense to me. No. Right. Let's see if it's for the same reason then, because I've got a note here, right? right. I bet you're going to say the same thing as me. Okay. Go so for it. We've, we've had the two scenes with the Scepter where she's telling her to confess, and she basically tells her to go and fuck herself, right? Yeah. She has one ally left. Yeah. In, in the royal house in, in, around her royal household which is Kyburn, who is working for her on a top secret fucking project who has been shunned by the or thrown into the citadel shunned by everybody else he, no he no he is her only supporter and she is his so why the fuck is he telling her to confess yeah exactly it makes what, no sense he hasn't what the, does he gain from no, that that's that's it there's there's nothing to be to be achieved by getting her to confess because if she confesses she's going to be Flogged and imprisoned. They're so also she doesn't gonna get out. And they're going to stumble onto his experiment. And yeah. you know, like, what are they going to think when he's fucking around with necromancy? Yeah, like, exactly. There's no 
there's no benefit to anybody in her confessing. But so why in the hell does Kyburn, who has more to lose than possibly anybody, with the possible exception of Cersei, yeah, there's no reason for it whatsoever. If anything, his message should be, look, hang in there. Yeah, we'll sort something out. Just The mountain's not them. ready. And he even says it at the end, like the experiment's coming well, along. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the work continues. Yeah, just like, look, hang in there. He's yeah. not ready. But when he is... Yeah, when he is, you're golden. Yeah, yeah, you're golden. Just, just, no, just keep your mouth shut. You'll be fine. Yeah. That's so, but, what this scene should have been. And I don't understand why in the name of Greek buggery they decided to go entirely against it. Have him play against type for a start. Yeah. Because, you know, he he's he no, he does avoid con- conflict and confrontation, but he is a very intelligent person and you know he he is clearly fucking cunning and on and he's duplicitous and he's working on stuff. So it it's not in his interest. So why they why they decided to, to have him say, Yeah, confess and everything will be fine. That doesn't work. No. But the, but the nonsense keeps coming, right? I totally agree. That doesn't work. You're dead, right? He's got more to lose than anybody. It's the first thing I thought as well, okay? And he's, you're dead, right? He's playing against type as well because he's in Cersei's pocket. None of that makes any sense. Right. The next thing that doesn't make any sense is then he's in the room at the same time as Cersei and the sister. Yeah. Right? So now it's two against one. Correct. And Cersei's hands are not bound. Why don't they both just fuck her up and escape? To be fair, even if her hands were bound, Kyburns aren't. Yep, two against one, right? Yeah. So Fuck that shit up to get out of there as quick as you can. Yep, because once she's back with the king, right, she's fucking yeah, she's untouchable. Untouchable. Because yeah. at that at point, point we've, we've already heard how badly Tommen has taken it. Mar- Marjorie's arrest and her arrest, he's taken it very badly. She, she comes will be out. vengeful. If she yeah, gives she it, comes she just needs says, to make the bullets. Yeah, so they did this to me. They did that to me. They. Th- this is an attack on you. Yep. They wouldn't have dared. No, they wouldn't have dared try this with Joffrey. They wouldn't have dared try it with your father. They've, this is a, this is a slight against you, King. Go and yep. do something about it. Here's what you do. Here's how you fuck them up. Yep, and he would have done it. Yeah, right without question because so, he's a mama's boy. Yep. So that doesn't make sense. And even if I give him the pass on both of those, the bit that makes no fucking sense and annoys the absolute piss out of me to the point where I nearly turned the episode off and it was only because I knew what was coming that I didn't. Mm. This is how much this annoyed me and it's a simple logic gap and it annoyed me. She's trying to get her to confess here by offering her water because her lips are dry and cracked and she's clearly dehydrated. Okay? So, Cersei doesn't confess. She leaves and Cersei immediately starts lapping up the water off the floor. Right? Yeah. Except there's an open fucking skylight behind her, which we can see throughout the whole scene, that's dripping fucking water. Yeah. Why doesn't Cersei just go and stand under the skylight and open her fucking mouth? (laughs) That'd be too easy. That is the stupidest mistake. Like, that is Starbucks coffee cup level stupid. Somebody needs fucking firing over that. That is inexcusable in my mind. How can you have... The main focus of, like, the main drive of this scene is get her to confess, right, by the fact that you're offering her water. And she, like, it's a classic fucking torture yeah. technique, isn't it, right? But there's literally water coming from the ceiling. And the thing is, this that that's worse than, you know, there are, there are occasions throughout the show where that, where stuff like that happens. But it's worse than the coffee cup. It's worse than Sam having a fucking water bottle under his, in, in his last scene in the last episode. It's worse than him having a plastic water bottle under his seat that's in shot. Because somebody has gone and built that set and somebody has made it fucking rain through that set. Yes, somebody has put that fucking water there. At no point did somebody go, oh, wait a minute. Um, Cersei might be able to drink that. So that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Fucking idiots absolute more and it, like, i know it should be a minor thing right but when the episode has annoyed me as much as this one has <laughs> to this point and it has yeah. as you can tell it's really fucking annoyed me up to this point 
Like, this sort of shit just pushes me over the edge. Like, anybody can make a mistake, yeah. right? But for fuck's sake, when you're spending this much money and this many people see it, like, how the fuck? And I'm going to, like, we wouldn't do it normally, all right? But I'm going to place blame here as well, portion some of the blame, because they have to take it on the fucking actors in that scene as well. Because yeah, Why did nobody fuck? notice? How the fuck does Lena Headey not go, couldn't I just drink the water? <laughs> like... <laughs> She yeah. is Cersei at this point. She's in character. Okay. She's fucking thirsty. There's water dripping from the ceiling. It should occur to her that yeah. she could just drink the water. Like, this is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Um, well, well, that's it. I mean, I, mean the, I can't remember if it's this scene or if it's the earlier one where she cries. And she, yeah. no, yeah, she's probably wailing and all that. Are they trying to imply that she's broken? Are they trying to do the same as they did with Theon? That, no, in the space of two seconds off screen, she's now broken. Because, that again, that's completely against type, completely out of character. Yeah. Even even though there's nobody else in the room for it to, no, to, to pretend to, that's not who Cersei is. No, no, not at all. So, uh, fuck this storyline, man. Fuck it. Fuck it completely. And it only gets worse. Um, yeah, all of the, the, the way it no, very abruptly ends, I quite liked I'm just glad that it ended. Um, yeah. I mean, not from, not necessarily from a story point of view, just from an aesthetic point of view, because it was nice seeing green flames. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was cool. Um, looked yeah, like I like that bit. Looked like a fucking Disney villain sneezed on the screen, but <laughs> you know, hey, the intention was there. Yeah, the intention was there. Um, so we then get a brief scene with Sam and Ollie, which is just the most massively overwritten scene in yeah. the episode yet and there's been some fucking like i said there's been some flourishes and i'm yeah. being polite in calling them that yeah. but jesus christ this scene is overwritten yeah like, I, I, the first half of the scene i really liked where you know, where gilly's cleaning his wounds and asking does it hurt oh, that's all fine that, that's yeah. all I, I thought that was really nice it was no again it's a good scene for them because it's progress it's, it's progressing their relationship and obviously they had sex last week um, but it's just you know, it's progressing that it's it's amping up the tenderness, the affection, all this sort of stuff, and it's it's feeding it. You know, it's feeding into the assumption they are going to fuck off and leave together. Um, so that was that was great. That all worked really well. And again, you get this sense where he's being a bit macho, and she's asking, him, "Does it hurt?" And he's like, "Oh no, not really. It's not that bad." And all this sort of stuff. And it's really you no, know, it's a really nice, a really tender scene. And Ollie comes in, and it's just really awkward because you feel like you no, know, you feel like he's just walked in with his mum and dad having sex, um, and then she leaves. And he's like, oh, I need to talk to you about something. And you get this, you know, as I said, this really overwritten exchange ended with some real shit-eating foreboding where it says, don't worry about John, he always comes back. Yeah, oh, oh, I know. That was, that was like, what, did they watch Scream just before they wrote this scene or what? Yeah. Because it was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. Like, yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah, um, but even even from from the from the from a longer uh, from, no, from from a longer standpoint as well. We're not just talking about this episode, but I, I know as as happens with John later no later on in the show. Oh, he always comes back. Well, fucking whoop de do. Yeah, I mean we'll talk about that when we we get there yeah. as well. But yeah, well, that, 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 that that's that's like a whole extra episode. I think that particular rant. Oh yeah, there's there's a rant coming there. Believe me. Um, so. Yeah, there's that. You're right. I, I don't like the end of it. Obviously, it's there to give us a transition into yeah. John, which we spend the rest of the episode with. Yeah. Um, but we with Jorah, I mean, where he goes back, to, goes back to the slavers and sitting on and, and basically oh, sells yeah. himself back into bondage. Sells himself back. Yeah, no fucking point whatsoever. No, no, just goes a complete circle. It makes no sense whatsoever. So yeah, this thing with Sam throws us forward to John, and I understand the process there. I understand the technique, but it's very ham-fisted. I was going to say it's um, clumsy as all hell, but it 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 does the job. Yeah. 
But the actual, just the dialogue between Sam and Ollie, besides being bad and overwritten, like just covers old ground. We we understand. Yeah, we John's know why motive. he's doing it. We don't yeah, we, need to be told this. Well, that's it. John has already told us what he's doing. We already know why he's and, gone and why and, he's taking Tormund with him. Yeah, and Ollie has already objected. Like yeah. we don't we don't need any more. We know. And, and the the only point of this is to remind us that he's there. So when we get to the end of the season and we get that last scene, which he's in. It's to remind us that he objected. Yeah, that's it. It's pointless, pointless scene. Um, so yeah, it throws us forward to John. Thank Christ. Yeah. Because good God, this has been a bad episode up till now. Well, um, this is the thing, and we we saw this a lot last season. We we had episodes of two halves. So yeah. you had the first half was kind. It was kind of like filler. It's kind of we've got this massive battle scene we want to do, but it's not enough to fill a whole episode. So we need to just drag some others. And by the time we get to season six with the Battle of the Bastards, they've gone. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do the whole the outright war because that's yeah. what people want to see. So I mean, as a, the, the 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 exchange certainly the the second scene with Tyrion and uh, Daenerys is one of my favorites of the show. I think the, oh, it's good. the that's, performance that's is excellent. Good. The writing yeah. is mostly good, and every time they're on screen together, actually throughout the rest of the show. It's pretty good. No, the, the performances carry it, but it's pretty good. Apart from that, this episode has been quite annoying. Yeah, there's that, and there's the Sansa Reek stuff. Yeah, that's the stuff. But even stuff that's annoying because the, the whole the whole Reek thing is just fucking. It's, it's annoying, but the scene's good, and then you get yeah. a bit with Ramsay as well. So as far as like the stuff at Winterfell, I thought was good. But the stuff and, at Bravos is shit. Oh, the awful. Is shit. The stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's. You just say, well, okay, well, we're we're building to a better ending, and this. This battle, so when we get to Hard Home, this, this sequence, which takes up the, the last of 25, 30 minutes of the episode, and this was a long episode as well. This was, no, this was a, a yeah. was 50, 58, 59 minutes. The last couple of weeks, they've been pushing 52, 53. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is a big episode. And so we get, we, we're into Hard Home at this point, and there's nothing else for them to do in this episode um, apart from do this whole sequence from start to finish. You, you, it's, it's building up tension, it's building up the peril for John, whereby he's surrounded by wildlings, and then he confesses to killing Mance. And you're thinking he's going to get fucking executed here without question. You no, know, he's setting himself up to die. Apart from the fact he's the hero of the fucking show, and so and that's you no, know, he he can't not make the end. Um, so you're kind of thinking, right? Okay, this is going to go really fucking badly. This is all going to go sideways. And then this is probably the first time we've seen an actual battle scene. Yeah. I think of, of I mean, yeah. Blackwater was all kind of smoke and mirrors. We had the you know the boats blowing up and shit like that, but we didn't see much actual fighting. There was a, a bit on the beach where they were trying to storm King's Landing, and that didn't work. Apart I mean, you from had that, had a proper battle. Well, you had the whole siege of Castle Black. Um, oh yeah, sorry, apologies. You we did. Saw, yeah. We saw all of that, but I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. This is this is that kind of level. This is as epic yeah. as that, definitely. No, but... That's it. And I mean, we we um, I mean we we haven't mentioned it. We've we started reading um, Fire Can I Kill a Dragon um, over the weekend, and we've been some passing notes as we've gone. Um, and they talk in that a lot about the first two, three seasons where they could, just couldn't afford to do the big battles. Yeah. Uh, and in it's quite funny because in the book, some of the battles, that, like the way you had in season two where sort of, you know, um, Rob, Rob came back through the, you know, through the trees with half a dozen men and Jamie in tow, there's a big battle scene that's in the book that goes before that. Um, and there's another one as well building up to that where you get it all written out because George R. R. Martin can't leave it alone and would have written fucking 70, 80 pages on it. Um, and they've left it out of the show. This one, this battle doesn't exist in the book. And it's it's all, it's all bypassed, and it's probably the best thing we've had so far. 
Oh yeah, I mean we'll get to it when we get to it. I mean I have some issues with it, but yeah. um, not not major. So we'll get to the battle when when um, when we get there. But there's a lot of good stuff before it as well. Yes, I mean is. it starts right away. You know they land at Hard Home and out, like out comes fucking Skeletor. Yeah. Um, to meet Ooh, Tormund I'd forgotten and John. All about, so would I. He showed up and I was like, oh yeah, it's Skeletor. It's, it's I, was that like, dude. I was like, hi Skeletor. Bye, Skeletor. Um, like, and again, fucks I, I, I him think... up in literally like a minute. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you know, we get the we get the exchange between between him and Tormund where he's you not know, you know his prisoner anymore. What? No, why? No, do, do do you talk to each other before you suck him off? And he literally just grabs the guy's fucking staff out of his hand and beats him to death with it. It's fucking Make, awesome. Making <laughs> me think, yeah, it's awesome. But it also makes me think that armor made out of bones, not so great. Not so great. No, I mean, just, bones, just the thought. Bones break. Yeah, you know? looks fucking cool. Yeah, but not really that useful. But he, again, I don't. I know they're supposed to be savages and all the rest of it, but I don't think he needs to kill him. He's better off sending a message by fucking him up and letting him stew. Yeah, I, I was fucking cool though. So it I, was I liked awesome. It. I and and it. it's the it's the first time really. Obviously, we've seen Tormund fight and we we saw him a bit in the in the um, siege at the wall as well. Yeah. But this is the first time where he, he's he's lightning quick, like the speed yeah. in which he grabs that club and just fucks him up. You're like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. okay. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. This guy's the thing a, is like, he's a, he's a big dude threat. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a big dude. But he moves like he should be a lot smaller. Oh, yeah. The speed in which he just turns it on it. It's awesome. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. I, I mean, I like Tormund anyway, but yeah. at this point, I'm just like, yes, go on. Um, so see, It made me remember, well, we talked about this before. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but there's, there's an episode where there's a fight scene with John. And um, Dan Weiss went into the edit suite and said, why have you sped that up? Yeah. You know, we don't need that. And he's like, we haven't. That's just how we fucking haven't. fast he moves. Yeah. And that, that, that sequence where he just whips that, that staff out of his hand and starts caning his, his skull in with it, that reminded me of that because it was so quick and so elegant a move as well. Yeah. It wasn't clumsy. It wasn't blocky. No. You know, it, wasn't, it, was, it, was, it was almost One, balletic. One fluid movement. Yeah. Just, oh, it's, it's, it's great. It's proper and, Batman shit. It really was, yeah. And there's more of that to come, uh, especially from John towards the end of the battle, like yes. some real fucking good shit. Like the, yeah. this, for all I've said about, the, you know, the direction earlier on, like the action is so well choreographed towards the end of this. Oh, yes. um, so, uh, so to be honest, the whole sequence, I think, is really, you know, the, the, once you get into the the threat of it and you know, the build up to the battle, and then you've got sort of the horror elements with the the, the gate moving and the sort of the clouds coming in, and show, that, that's all really well done. It's really atmospheric. And I thought that, for all for all the criticism we've had of of, of this episode, and I, I remember thinking as I watched it, there's, there are a lot of flaws, but this is no, this sequence kind of makes up for most of it. This sequence makes up for the last four seasons. Yeah, like so this, it, this is my favorite episode. I think you know my feelings on the White Walkers, and like this, yeah. this, this is, is the where show. they become a threat. This is this, this is what we should have had from day one. This is the show to me. This is the story that's interesting to me. This is what I want to see, and this is the story that everybody's been banging on about for the last four years building the tension and building the threat of this and we've seen the whites in glimpses you know they've been this fucking monster in the shadows most of the time yeah and this is where all of a sudden they're yeah. a threat yeah they're, they're not under the brilliant. bed or in, in the wardrobe no. anymore they're out and they're active and they're and, really out and active like. and i mean the the thing with this as well and so we said we started we both started reading the book and very early on there's um uh a, 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 a passage of text from george R. R. Martin where he was saying that People, people were reaching out to him in the late '90s, wanting to make basically his you know, his first book into a mm-hmm. film. And one of the things he he objected to, and the reason he wouldn't go through is because they, they all to to a studio 
all wanted to strip away the bullshit and tell the the John Snow the John Snow and the White Walker story. That was the first thing I sent you that was highlighted yeah. because I read that and I was like, right, yeah. fuck it. I've always suspected, and I think I've mentioned it on the show before, and I've certainly mentioned that stuff just because stuff's in the book it doesn't make it good. But I've always suspected that actually. George R. R. Martin's not that great a storyteller. Well, I've no, always we, we have said that a lot. That. There, there have yeah. been a lot of instances of that, and, and we, I mean, we've generally given him more benefit of the doubt than we have to the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Um, but I mean, reading reading that, and then his his reasoning behind it, and he goes on to talk about the stuff that he doesn't think they can pull off, or is good, they, they'd be good enough to pull off. And he comes across as an absolute arrogant cock, and he and he completely just shows that he like all of this sort of uh, 180 that we get with characters and stuff all the time if you read slightly further on in the book there as well he kind of you understand where that comes from because in one breath he's saying he didn't think that um that these people would be right to handle it because they wanted to make it all about Jon Snow when he didn't yeah. consider Jon to be the main character and Jon's story to be the main story right that's absolutely wrong okay? yeah that, but that's not knowing your own product that, that that's criminal Definitely. And, you know, whether he wanted to write that or not, whether he consciously wrote that or not, that can be something that can be separated out. But that, nevertheless, is what he wrote. OK, yeah, and sometimes you can create things and it will take on a life of its own. That that happens. You know, auteur theory isn't necessarily always always correct or rings yeah. true. You know, an, an audience will read into things, whatever they want. That's valid, just as valid as his opinion is. OK, but there is definitely regardless of who looks at it and how you slice it the main story at play here is Jon Snow's story and that's what every one of those studio executives were seeing because it's just right it's there, it's there for the taking okay so that and is don't alarming. forget that that's after book one yeah that is alarming that he didn't realize that but then when I talk about the 180s there's a story later on about how he was having dinner with the Wonder Twins and it all went very well and in the end what convinced him he asked them one question they had to answer and he yeah. said who is Jon Snow's mother? Now, if that is the most important thing to him about who can handle it, then that suggests that, you know, who's your main character then? Yeah. Jon fucking the, Snow. Yeah, because the, the whole point, no, and obviously we'll, we'll get to this later on and no spoilers and all the rest of it, but the whole, no, that, that affects the entire story because all of a sudden that affects the reason Robert went to war. Mm -hmm. it, it affects the reason that Robert was on the throne, the reason that Ned died. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. everything stems from that question. So, of course, it's fucking important. I mean, it also, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd heard this story already, but the fact I knew that they, that was the question that he asked them that they had to get right in, yeah. in order to get the show. And I'd also heard that they guessed. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure they did, because actually, when it oh, they, they to, say that, they, they do say that in the yeah. book is that they, they guessed right. When, no, when, it wasn't that they knew by any, yeah. any means. When it comes to them actually handling that later on and where it takes us, they flush it completely down the pan. Yes. Um, they flush John down the pan, which is, ah, oh, no, I'm not I'm not going there yet. We're still in the midst of good stuff with Jon Snow. So Sorry, yeah. get, get him back. to and, and for more on that, we are going to do a special on that book. And believe me, I'm really going to go to town on this Jon Snow it, it, it may It may be more than one special, given how much I've already highlighted in the book. It, it, it may be. We're planning. It may be a series on its own. Yeah, that's probably coming your way between seasons this time. We'll we'll see how we get on. But yeah, that that's the plan. So anyway, getting back to this, you know, high skeletal, by skeletal. Then we get yeah this this scene with with John where he's in the hut and he's talking to all of them and he's just fucking excellent, isn't he? I Kit Harrington, I mean now. No, John as a character, yes, but he's yeah. just fucking excellent in this scene. Like yeah. I'm not asking you to forget you're dead and yeah. things like that. The way yeah, I won't forget mine. 
Yeah, it's, with it's all, such and, pathos, he's yeah, like he means it, you know. Yeah, it's it's such a loaded line as well. Because obviously, you know, he he he's he, his he's I won't forget mine. I, you know, I I lost fifty of my brothers when you lot see you know um, t- tried to take Castle Black. He ain't fucking talking about them. He's talking about regret. And again, he just he knows he can't say that. And there's there's the tiniest glimmer on Torman's face. Yeah, and he's, he's just in the edge of shot, but you see that, and you're like, yeah, he knows. He gets it. Yeah. Oh, it's he, and it, it's 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 a beautiful thing. And uh, to Kid Harrington as well is that he's in a room. He's in a room full of people, um, giving this scene. But there's also a massive fucking CGI giant in there, which yeah. he's going to he's, he's got to act towards as well. He's got to remote to. Yeah, yeah. And I think no, he he does a fantastic job. And again, I think that the as much as we talked about bad uh, poor direction earlier on in in the opening scene, I think that this this whole sequence from the time they those boats come into view. Right up until the end, the direction is is pretty much spot on. This is this is clearly a director who's comfortable with action. You know, it's the same yeah. with Ramsey's scene earlier on. This this kind of gung ho men on a mission machismo stuff. Yeah. He gets it and he does it really well. You know, even to the point where like one of my well, it is my favorite line. I think as much as I love the, the Ramsey one, um, and it's unusual because there's a lot of language thrown out in, in this show. Um, but they they really deploy the f bomb with perfection in this scene where yeah. nobody swears all the way through the scene really, and then at the end when John's convinced them, you get well at least we'll give the fuckers a fight. Yeah, and it's just yes, go on, you know. But not it's... only that as well. I mean the the other thing with this scene and talking about um, profanity is that at some point Torman speaks like us because he uses the word cunt in the middle of a sentence. Yes. And normally, when it's used, it's used for no, it's this big shock value. It's used for effect. Like when we had um, Arya and the Waif fighting a couple of weeks ago, and her response, as you as you pointed out, was "Oh, you can't." Yeah, that, it's it's done for effect. This time, it wasn't. It was in the middle of a sentence, and it was so easy to miss. Yeah, and, and it's, again, it's it's just because it's such a such an important, such a powerful scene yeah. that you can gloss over it, and it they haven't needed to use it for effect. No, and it, and it does a couple of things very effectively, and it builds credible tension between John and one side of the wildlings. Yeah, which which plays into the scene to come. Yeah, uh, because we're tense throughout that. It does wonders again for John's ascension as a leader and yeah. as our hero, and it also does really well in wrong footiness with this. Uh, I don't even know a name with with the wilding Tarzi. woman. Um, when this episode first aired, um. Uh, her story in this episode absolutely knocked me for six. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to her ultimate demise later on. Yeah. Um, but what a what a tiny little sort of just minute snapshot of a character executed. Mm. So she has a complete arc almost. Yeah. In, in the space, space of eleven minutes. Yeah. And she's fucking fantastic. Like yeah. even even her death is is done properly. Like she has a better arc in 10 minutes than people who've been on the show for all eight seasons. Like she's fucking fantastic. And it was a genuine like shock. And I was genuinely sad to see it go. Cause I thought this was another character that yeah, was, they're bringing somebody in, they're building yeah. somebody up. And I haven't read really the well. books, you know, so I, I mean, didn't know. So I thought it was somebody else entering the fray. So yeah. now, I mean this, a lot of this, I said this, this, the, the, the battle doesn't feature in the book, but in the book, um, the, that, that character was a man. That 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 um, wild yeah. chieftain was a man. Um, so I mean, they, they've 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 turned that on his head. And they've they've made a storyline of that, which I think they've done really well. Um, I said there's there's so much in this in this episode that doesn't appear in the book. I mean, the uh, the scenes with Daenerys and Tyrion also weren't in the book. Um, no, and we're we're starting to see now that they're 
whereas they've added throughout the season they've been adding bits all of a sudden they're really starting to diverge a path away um yeah. and, and and do their own thing that's not necessarily going to end as well as they hope it will as, as, I mean, as is the whole ethos of this show um but yeah, no, you can really you can see now they are starting to you know, to think right. Okay, we need to move ahead with this because we can't wait another six years for them to finish writing the next fucking book. Um, so the, they are and they are starting to make decisions which affect that, like recast uh, re, um, re reorienting or realigning that character. Yeah, um, I don't think it needs to be a man, and I, and I don't think particularly anything is gained from her being a woman either. But it's it's I a think, great I, character. I, th- I think I mean I, obviously I don't know what what's in the book in terms of that character as, as a man, but I mean there's generally a lot more empathy here because you, know, you see her, she, you know she's she's kissing her kids goodbye and putting them on the boat and all this sort of stuff, and yeah that works just as well as well, well with a man. The man, but, yeah. But I mean there's there's an inherent bias where we we automatically gravitate towards a mother doing that because it's more heartbreaking when it goes wrong. Uh, what yeah what there is is a definite gender bias towards a weak female uh if you choose to read it that yeah. way with her ultimate demise which is unfortunate um, yeah, and, and because the, she's the not way, painted in that way no that's uh, right up until right up until that point where she does peg it she is she's not a weak fam- female at all she's a very strong female no she's and a she's a she's a strong character on, she's yeah, a strong she's character a matriarch like every yeah. decision she's making she's making to protect her family and her clan but she's yeah. not afraid to get her hands dirty in order that's to right. do that and, um, and we'll, we'll come to her death scene because i think the the manner of her death was really disappointing i really liked it it's one of my favorite deaths as, 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 an image, as, as an image i like it but i think the thing that disappointed me with it is that they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that they wouldn't have tried to pull at those particular strings had they kept that character as male no you're right and i didn't i didn't know that um so i'm actually now when i was starting to say it there and, and thought i'd save it when i was saying about how she's therefore a weak female um it now annoys me. It makes sense for the character that they built. I think, yeah. it's, and, and that's why I said she has a complete arc because all the way through, you're right. She's protecting her children, and she's all about get the children to the boat. So, when I mean, we can talk about it now. We will yeah. just jump forward a bit and come back when she meets her ultimate demise at, at the hands of just these creepy ass fucking white zombie kids. Yeah, and she just lets them take her essentially. Yeah, because she can't, she can't fight. She can't, she can't fight the children. Yeah. It's great. It makes perfect sense for an arc. It's a brilliant death because it's a character that has, in the space of the last 10 minutes, been built up to be quite an important player. And like I said, I was expecting her to kind of join the fight. They really do a good job, to use wrestling parlance, then they do a good job of putting her over. Um, So I'm fully behind her. So to see her die, I was like, well, fuck. And the thing is, like, whereas normally we get these throwaway deaths that mean nothing, because we've only just met the character, they can get away with that. But yeah. not only can they get away with that, they do it in such a perfectly structured way that it actually makes sense as well, which is rare for this show. You know, it's not just fucking Obering getting thumbs through the eyes for the sake of it. Yeah, it's it's a meaningful death. You know, she's protected children. Children come back and kill her. There's something quite poetic about it. But you are dead, right? Had that character been kept a man, then. That they wouldn't have done that, would they? No, they just wouldn't have done that. They and would. That, it, it would have been. It would have been. A, it would have been a Cat Stark type death. It would be just some no, sit no. Uh, and you can do it exactly the same all the way up to uh, all the way up to that point where she sees the kids, or where he sees the kids. No, I'm, no, he's kissed his kids goodbye. He's protecting his clan. He's protecting his family. All the rest of so all that stuff is fine. That translates fine. But then, even though you could assume that having done the same work, uh, but with a male character, you could have the same death because you still you know, believe it or not, no men love their kids as well. You know, just yeah, also, put out there. but men, men also not child murdering bastards. At least not most of us, anyway. Some well, of us, yeah, are, you know, it. that's their um, prerogative. 
Yeah. Um, so what you'd have got there is right up until the point where he sees them, and then he's reminded of his own kids and all the rest of it. But then you'd have had a really cheap somebody comes up behind him and sticks a sword through his chest, so he does so that he doesn't have to give up, which is what they'd make this woman do. Or what what they probably would have done, certainly what I would have done with that character were I playing it as a male. And this is look. I, okay, I'm not going to pussyfoot around it, okay? Let's just pretend it is a male. The way I'm taking this character down, if he's obsessed with his kids and getting them on the boat and stuff like that, he goes down swinging. As yeah. the boat's going out, he's protecting that boat with his life. Everything that's coming towards that boat, he has stood at that shoreline taking on every motherfucker until yeah. the giant breaks through and tows the boat. He is there holding the line. Yeah, that's and, and, and that's that, how he goes down. That would that that would no, that's how you do. It. And again, that's a lot more cinematic. That's a lot. No, that, there's a lot more uh, empathy for that character then, because I say he has gone out swinging. He is he is defending to the last, but they don't allow her to do that. No, which and which, that really annoyed me. Which, as I say, before I knew that this was meant to be a male character, and they, and this does say a lot about gender bias in cinema. Okay, before I knew this was a male character, I actually really liked her death, and I bought that actually no, she's she can't do it, she can't fight the kids, she's going to let them take her. Um, so I I bought it, uh, but you're absolutely right. That's on me. There is no reason she couldn't have protected the kids on the boat. But as it yeah. was, the boat had gone. She turns, then sees these other kids, and she's like, oh, I can't fight those, so she lets them eat her. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is, we'll we'll never know. Okay, I, I don't no. think, I don't think we can accuse them of any kind of gender bias. There, I don't think we can accuse them of. Oh, there we go. Creating creating a weak female character. There's there's a decision that was made there's to make that character and, female, and the, the decision that's made, I think, I think is right because there are lots. No, there are lots of sword swinging men in in their show. So to have a a strong woman who is holding her own with the men, I think no, it's it's brilliant. We haven't had enough of that. And we've said that all the way through. Yeah, yeah, for that. I think that the pro- the problem for me is that it's they've gone out because this is this is something entirely new. They've gone out to create this arc for her and then chop her down in a way that's I I just I I don't see that they would have done had it been a man. And I think that that cheapens it for me. Um, I think you're right, but having not ever known that was going to be the case, and the fact that it isn't a male character, and and regardless of what some people may believe or not, you know, gender is important. Um, yeah, if you whether whether you know, you choose to not be the gender that you were born. That's just, that's an important choice. That's just as important a choice as deciding to stick to the gender you were born at. So there is definite baggage that comes with a gender identity. And if they've chosen to make this character female and then chosen to carry this arc through in this manner, then we we can assume that maybe they never even entertained what would have happened were she a man. Because yeah, don't forget, true. this battle isn't even in the book. So yeah. I, I don't really think it's fair for us to speculate on that. Um, I think you're dead right in what you're saying. There's definitely a better death for her, but I think actually the story they've created for this character, who, for all we know, may share nothing other than a, other than a position in the clan with the character in the book, because it's a completely different character with a completely yeah. different identity. Um, you know, in in terms of their sexual identity, their gendered identity, whether they're a mother or a father, uh, whether they got whether they've got the kids at all. There's there's going to be all sorts of things that in the adaption might have changed. So. I think what we have to do is look at the storyline we've got as a complete package, uh, and I think it works very well. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, with 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 all that in mind, I still I, I still don't think the death was the right death for her. I think there was a better one there somewhere. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by. I like the death. Um, I definitely feel a slightly 
disappointed by it, you know, knowing what you've said. Uh, but I think it sits right for this character. Um, and I think it was very effective and it had the desired effect. And it was the first genuine shock death in the show where I went, fucking hell, well done. It might mm. even be the only one. Um, yeah, so, quite possibly. Uh, yeah, but I played for and got, I think. So I was very impressed with that. Anyway, we jumped forward. Yeah, um, right. my fault. Yeah, yeah, no, it was worth talking about. Um, so we get this scene in, in the hut and then from there on out, it's just carnage. But it starts so well. The, the build from the from the speech inside the hut where everything's sort of, we're going to fuck him up and what have you. And then it dies down momentarily. And then we get the dogs are barking. There's yeah. a storm rolling in. Yeah. The score is fucking fantastic. We get these kind of vibrato strings building as well. Yeah. Uh, we just get this this little kind of tick-tock on the yeah, percussion. Yeah, it's just a really eerie feel to it. it, yeah. it it's, they, they catch it really well. And as I said earlier on, I mean, this there's some really nice parts of it. I mean, the the, the, the soundscape is beautiful. You know, the, the the composition that goes into it, the timing on it is perfect. And then you get you know, the the realisation. You, know, you get sort of this really high, wide shot of the 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 the, the wildlings at the far end just all of a sudden in sheer fucking panic and trying to, and and sort of bounding over each other and trying to you know, trying to just hammer through each other to get themselves to safety um and you also you can't tell what's going on it's, it's like just fucking watching dominoes go from the other end of the table you just see things moving and things falling and things rushing it's it's wonderful it's brilliant i thought it was really well done and then so you get the um the then leader who told john to go fuck himself you know, shut the gates and so sort of, you know, you've got this that instant peril even peril for people we don't know because we know what's coming they're all trying to get inside and they're trapped outside so they're all clawing at the door and banging and trying to get over but and i mean before before you even get there the, the scene is working like it's, it's absolutely working on every level before you get there you know you get that build up but before you get to them falling over each other and shut the gate you just get just a moment of silence yeah just that everything goes quiet. You get the calm before the storm, and then you get the gate rush. Yeah, and it, it is perfect. And I mean, all the, uh, hell breaks loose. There's, there's something, and it's, it's very rare. And I, I, no, I, I've been lucky enough to be on a, a very um, empty beach at a very early time in the morning when I was in Australia. And there's, there's this sort of almost an absence of sound where you get just when the waves are at their peak point, just before they break. And if you catch it right, and there's no, there aren't any other waves nearby. It, it almost does that you get this crescendo and then it just stops dead yeah. and then it crashes onto you and that's exactly what you get here they build they build all this stuff up and then it just stops and you're thinking right what the fuck was that and then bang straight into it and it's absolutely beautiful it's, it's absolutely perfect yeah i mean it's it's horror 101 uh but they absolutely nail oh, it yeah they, they get it absolutely spot on i mean yeah. th this sequence is the reason that this is probably my favorite episode all the shit we've had already, apart from this of the Terry and Daenerys stuff, I can I can do without. But the, you know, this sequence is this is the probably the first episode on my first watch where I actually sat up and went, "Fuck it out." Yeah, I. This um, is um, this is what they're capable of. This is what this show should be. Not just from the point of view they're actually telling the story now, the White Walkers, but they they're producing something that looks and sounds and feels the part as well. Yeah, this this episode floored me the first time I watched it. Like it was it was turn the TV off and sit there for a few minutes. And I was I literally I remember um, just being sat there and I just turned to Sarah and went fucking hell. And I just kept going fucking hell, like fucking hell. You know, like, I couldn't even verbalize it. It was just like, did you just see that? Like, yeah. fucking hell. This is what they can do. Like, why are they not? I mean, you can't do it all the time because it loses, it loses effect. Yeah, it loses effect. And I mean, they've done that but, with um, HBO, done that with Rome before this. And yeah. it's, you know, they spent a shit ton of money on it. 
and making stuff like this every every week for a 10-week run, and it got cancelled because it just didn't engage with people. There's just too much of it. And I think that's in, 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 as a credit to this show, and partly because they didn't have the money to do it early on and they wanted to. But by the time they get to this point, they've really they they understand what they know how they need to do this stuff, and and when they need to do it and to do it sparingly. And yeah, this 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 absolutely nailed me this this episode. Ah, oh, it's, it's it's fucking superb. Um, and I even and even watching it again today, um, having seen it however many years ago it was, um, when I first watched it, I still remember. I was still watching, going fucking hell. Yeah, I, it's it's superb. Like that that initial kind of two three minutes of the battle where it's just utter carnage. Yeah, and it's, it's chaos. It's almost it's saving Private Ryan. I mean, you I was, can't actually exactly see. what I was going to say. It's that first five minutes when they come off the um, off the the landers yeah. on Omaha Beach, and they're just getting mowed down. And you and... cannot, you can't see what's going on. You can't tell what's going on. It's just fast and frenetic, and you feel like you're in it. Yes. Um. It's it's fucking phenomenal. And like normally, that sort of thing annoys me. That kind of ADD editing where you're like, "What the fuck is going on? I need to see what's going on." But they gave us all the build-up, so yeah. we, we're actually, you know, we're two steps ahead. By the time the rush happens, we're like, oh, fuck. So we know what's going on. We know it's just carnage. So when we're just seeing blood spray everywhere and bones get shattered, we're like, yeah, yeah. it's a big fucking fight with skeletons. Um, and I mean, the only thing is, and this is me being me, uh, and, and it is, it's, it's, yeah, it feels like saving Private Ryan, but I just watched this whole thing, and I, it just makes me want to turn this off and watch Army of Darkness instead. Because <laughs> I'm just like, this man, they could just really use Ash Williams about now. Like, yeah. They could I mean, just I really think... use him showing up with a shotgun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the other thing as well, I mean, if you think of the um, the scenes you had in Walking Dead at um, Alexandria and yeah. the hilltop where this where they're swarming the gates and the walls and all that, it's, 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 it's got that same feel to it, and the... the as as a, as a show that no the the action sequences or those those big action sequences those big sort of siege type mentality sequences they tend to have a lot more credit and they tend to you know to be the they tend to be regarded a lot more highly than than they are in this show but you could have apart from the, you know, the fact that it's characters from Game of Thrones and their imperial costume you could have transplanted that into Walking Dead and the, the, that se- that sequence where they're rushing the gate and trying to get underneath and all the rest of it, that w- that that wouldn't have looked out of place. No, um, I think I think they handle it better than Walking Dead ever has, and that's high praise coming from me, as you know. Um, and it, and it's partly because of that period setting. There's something really cool, and I said it when we had it uh, towards the end of last season as well. There's something really cool about sort of skeletons and zombies and stuff in that medieval setting because, and it's, it's why Army of Darkness works so well as a juxtaposition. Yeah. But it's because you don't have modern ballistics, so it's very you can't just take a headshot. Yeah, you 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 know you've got to get in close. So it, there's something really cool about it. So yeah, and I, I think even then, I mean, the, the world they've built is that headshots don't do it. Yeah, you know, you exactly. saw the you saw the number of uh, of whites with arrows through their heads. Yeah, and they did they, they were still coming. So I mean that no, from that from that perspective, the, the world the world mechanic is different anyway. Yeah, um, and I think it's stronger for it because it again finally after five years we're building them up as a credible threat. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, this scene is awesome. It would have been even more awesome if we just like, yes, they've done right by keeping him in the shadows. Definitely. But <laughs> we haven't really we haven't even really talked about him enough. They just throw no. him in like once a season. And now all of a sudden, here they are. Well, that's um, it. It's, they're talked about once a season. But when they're talked about, it's in dispatches and they're oogity boogities and the, the things that hide in the closet and go bump in the night. They're not taken seriously. And the problem is... you. Yes, okay, you have to have a, a degree of separation from your real world, no, from your quote-unquote real world and your fantasy world, um, even, you know, even in, a, in a fantasy show. However, if they're supposed to be your, your big threat, your big bad, your overarching problem from day one to day to day Z, 
they need to be given a little a bit more gravitas than they've ever been given on the show. They've never been taken seriously up until this point, apart from um, when we've seen them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But all but all of a sudden now here they are, and it's yeah. Well, that's it. Now all of a sudden they're right. Okay, the show's going to start now because as as we've said from day one, this is what the show is. It's Jon totally. Snow versus the Night Walkers. Yeah, totally. And you know that first couple of minutes is awesome, and I'm loving it. And then just when you think it can't get any fucking better, you get just John Manning up holding his sword aloft and just screaming, Night's Watch with me. And he just yeah. fucking runs towards them, starts cutting motherfuckers down on the move. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about like how quick he moves. Like it, it is like fucking sword ballet here. Yeah. Um, it's, I just fucking love this shit. I absolutely love it. Um, and, and yeah, it's chaos. But that adds the brutality of it. Um, yeah, and, and that's what you need. I mean, it's it's something that I mean, lots of things have been criticised for in the past. How everything is so even even in big battle scenes where people are being moaned left and right, everything is so clean and so crisp and so choreographed. And this, you get the impression is like, right, okay, Kit, you're doing this. Guy playing Tormund, whose name I can't remember, you're doing this. Everybody else, fucking panic. Yeah, totally. And, and, and we'll I, film around you. And again, Kit Harrington just. Uh, He's amazing. He's he's just fucking amazing. This, as I say, from from the scream of Night's Watch with me, like it's taken us five years, but you you get it all of a sudden. Like there he is. There yeah, is the man that's going to save us all. That, that's like, it. And, and like even before that, you know, he's where this where they say he says, "Oh no, you go take them out to the boats and come back for me." Oh, you won't make it. Take them out to the fucking boats. Oh, no, th- this is my stand. This is no. This is where this is where I'm putting my flag in the sand and saying, "Look, this is the, this is where we're going with this." And no, he's 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 playing the hero. He, he's making sure people are getting away. He's not in the fight because he his his role is to protect people by you know making sure they're they're safe and they're getting away. And all of a sudden he realizes he can't do that. Yeah. All of a sudden he realizes if if he tries to carry on that, he's going to die. They're going to die, and it's all been for nothing. Yeah. And, and at I, that point he halts up. Yeah. It, and, that's it. Yeah. It's he mans up. Beautiful. Charges in. So he's just cutting mothers motherfuckers down while he's moving, running for that dragon glass, and just everybody just. Everybody that's listening right now and that's going to stay with us till the end, like just put a pin in your thoughts on Jon Snow right here and now. Just remember how fucking awesome a character he is right here. Remember this hero who is running headfirst towards his almost certain death in order to save everybody because he's a hero and that's what he does. Remember this character and we'll have a discussion at the end of season eight. Um, (laughs) And then everybody might understand why I got so fucking annoyed about John and not Danny. Um, but just look at him, like cutting down everyone in his path. He has like uh, he, when he's shouting Night's Watch with me, like he thinks it's hopeless. He's just helping everybody escape. But then once he remembers the dragon glass and once he spots the dragon glass, he's like, no, I can yeah, do this. There's a way out of this. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can sort this. this. Right. And, and he just goes for it. It's what a fucking incredible moment for him. Yeah. When it, when he gets there, he has the fight with the with the white. Well, um, even, even before that, you get the bit where he, Tormund, and the Then, who basically told him to fuck off, um, they're they're sort of engaged in it, and then they stop and they they sort of just look up and they see the four uh, whites, so the 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 Night King and the other three, just sort of yeah. sat on their horses looking down at them. And again, it's like, it's like this. All of a sudden, we've got a tangible threat to all of life that completely. we've not had before. And they're just sitting there watching. They're not doing anything. They're just sat there. Yeah. And, it's, and then and you it's, get them, it, it, they break the tension with the giant breaking out of the hut and stuff like that. And you don't know whether he's turned at that point. 
and you're yeah. just like fuck yeah oh, it's, it's all of a sudden just... there's a really breathtaking action sequence going on in a show which hasn't really shown us this thus far no, it, no. It, certainly not to this scale i mean it, this this sequence took a month to shoot and, and it shows it shows and, yeah, and the it, care like and the effort that's gone into yeah. it and i mean when they when they did um the long night in season eight i mean that was 50 odd days and then 57 days of nights that they filmed for um, but I mean, this looks every bit as impressive as that because we can see this one for a start. I think it's more impressive. I think uh, it's a better fight altogether. It makes more narrative sense. It's more and they don't, in it. they don't. They. I mean, even though there's a lot of CG in it, they don't rely so much on gimmicks because there's no dragons in it. And they don't shit the bed at the end. Um, but you know, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But you know, this all makes sense. Like I said, but it's a fucking incredible moment for John. He dives in there, gets, he goes for the dragon glass. He ends up fighting with his white. He gets beaten to within an inch of his life. Puts up a good fight. Yeah. But it's evident he's going to die. And then we get the reveal that actually John's Valerian fucking steel. sword is Valyrian steel. Yeah. Which we, we and we've known that all along. We've known when, that. You know, when it was given to him, we've known it, but yeah. we don't know the significance of that. No, but we've now never we known do. Because all of a sudden, no, he was looking for the dragon glass, and again, there's there's a, a dawning realization for both of them, for him and the white. Is like, oh, such a good scene. Oh, and, <laughs> but the, 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 they they both they share a look, and then you get the you get the so the, the the shot in the reverse of both their faces, and there's just a dawning realization. Like for John, it's like. Oh, shit. No, it's it's like in Die Hard where Bruce Willis gets a machine gun for the first time. Yeah, oh, it's and just... and for the white, it's like oh fuck. And it is the absolute completion of John's journey from like little boy nobody, yeah, to hero of humanity. Like now, now he's got the magic sword as well. Yeah. Right now he's got the plot armor. Like now he is he is our hero. Like he is the one man in all the world now that's got the knowledge and the tools. Yes. To sort this out. It's his fucking journey and his fight. And this is the culmination of that. Or well, it's actually the start of that, really, but yeah. it's taken us it's taken us the five years to get him here to the point where he is like, I can fucking do this. Yeah. I could and it is that look, and again, perfectly delivered by, by Kit Harrington. It's a mixture of surprise and awe and like fucking hell. I can do this. Um, and yeah. then and then it's almost incidental that he actually takes the white out. He's like, oh shit, yeah, uh, white. Yeah. Swing yeah. for him. Um, because he's so exhausted from the battle as well. It's ah, oh, it's what an incredible moment for him. Like this is a brilliant Jon Snow moment. And like I said, it's this John that we need to remember. Well, when yeah. We get to the end. This is who Jon Snow should be. Yeah, um, this is this is what he's been built to be. And and this is and we'll come to this in what two weeks' time, I think, I'm guessing. But this is what this is where Jon Snow's story has been going. And from this point, he grows. You know, he's, he's supposed to grow as this leader. He's supposed to develop as this general and become the Great White Hope. Yeah. But and instead. Instead, as you, as you so eloquently put it, they shit the bed. They shit the bed. And he actually, from this point on, I think he actively goes backwards more. Yeah, he probably regresses. Yeah. So, but right now, right here and now, fucking awesome. Um, in fact, do you know what? On a first watch through, um, obviously, I have to keep going. And I've got to keep going now because we're going to do all eight seasons. If I ever watch Game of Thrones a third time, I doubt I, I, I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't think I will either. But if I ever do, I think I'll stop at this episode. I think this will be it for me. I think I will stop right here because it kind of feels like, there you go. That's that's John's story. Do you know what I mean? Like he hasn't beaten him, but he's beaten a he, white. He's on his path now. Yeah. And, and, and it only gets worse from here. So I think I would stop here. Uh, anyway, so we get that good stuff with John. Then we get the kids killing the... The woman whose name I, I don't know. Fuck me, those kids are creepy. Yeah, um, they're really rib, well done. Ribcage on the boy at the front. 
Yeah, yeah, really they, me out. they're really well done. I think that was a great death. We've already talked about it, so we won't go back over all yeah. ground. Uh, but it's, it's at this point, this is the only point during this sequence where I'm calling bullshit. Um, because the zombies all kind of run off the cliff, or the, yes. the whites run off the cliff. Um, so whether you're dead or not, right? Bones break. Yes. And then they get up and sprint. Because, I mean, now, again, that would have been far more effective for me because, yes, yes, okay, the, the whole thing is that it's proving they can't be killed. Yeah. That they can run off a cliff and fine. However, for me, that's far more effective if he just sends them running off to their no to their demise where they shatter upon impact. Do you know what's more effective if you really want to sell him? Not is you have them, cliff. no, you have them all run off the cliff to the point where they build up a fucking mountain of bodies. And, he's, he's, and he walks down. Yep. I thought that while I was watching it. <laughs> that's way more effective, isn't it? And yeah. he just walked because he can always make more. Well, that's it. Well, we don't necessarily know how that works at the moment, do we? No, we'll, we're we'll about find to out in about that, two minutes. But again, this this would sell that even better if he just and doesn't run yeah, or anything. He just, 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 he just walks at a normal pace. Sort of, he's not bothered if John fucks off because he knows. Like, you get him. You get him later. Yeah, yeah. So he just casually saunters down. That I mean, would he, know, he knows his enemy now. We've seen him. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. Instead, they dive off a cliff and get up and sprint. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. All right, but I'll go with it. Just like the techno babble, I'll go with it. It carries the thread on, so I'll go with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching that. My first thought was that, because I, I couldn't remember exactly what happened, and my first thought was that he was going to do that. They, they were going to just be piling up, and he was going to be walking down as they were piling up. But I was thinking that from as from a vi- as a visual, it's far more terrifying if they just fucking explode. Yeah, yeah, but be- then they're just lemmings. Aren't they, anyway? Yeah, but then they, they're they, just they sword fodder, aren't they? If, if they explode when they fall, it, it removes the threat, doesn't it? Because then it's like, oh, we can push them off cliff. Um, the fact that they get back up, I'm okay with, if you go around and do that. But they couldn't get up and sprint. You know, at that point, they are... Well, that's the thing. They, and they are zombies all the way through. Their, their bodies do break. So when they were trying yeah. to come through the... Um trying to come through the gate and the then was cut no he was cutting the arms off as they were coming through and you know, they, he stamped on a head and you know, they, they killed it and things like that it's shown that the body is you no know, the body is still a, it's a human body it's just been reanimated so having them running off cliffs yeah they would they would be broken yeah. and there's no, there's no way they get up and run no no if they crawl in along the floor or limp in even okay i'm fine with that but then again even then the threat is gone because you yeah, just they're away. slower so i'm calling bullshit on that but I'll go with it um, because it's, it's, you know, it's the end of the sequence anyway. I'll go with it. Um, giant wades into the water, wades straight past the boats. Like, why didn't he tow them, the selfish prick? Well, yeah, that's it. Like, give him a push. Yeah. Literally, just like, give him a shove to get him started. What the other thing with the boats, And I thought, I thought this when they rowed in as well. There are four or five people in each boat. Yeah, One is have, rowing. Yeah. Yeah. They could all be rowing. I thought I'm not being funny. Well. You're fleeing for your life. Grab a fucking oar. Yeah. I know. Um, so there's that. The giant could have given him a shove, but all right, whatever. Yeah. He's frightened, maybe. Um, but again, look fucking cool. Look fucking cool. And and the entire end from here on out is fucking amazing. Right, there is a shot here, um, similar to how I was talking about how well the, the scene with Danny and, and Dario is earlier on, where you just get the briefest shot of it. There is an amazing fucking shot, and it's perfectly done and perfectly edited as well, where John looks back at the shore just for a moment. Yeah. And you can see him feeling every single fucking death. Yeah, he's, he's kind of side-on, isn't he? Because of the way he's, he's moved. He's side-on. And then you see him feeling every death. And then he has this kind of stare-down with the Night King. Yeah. And that's even better. Because they have this stare-down. Yeah. And John is clearly fucking terrified. He's felt all these deaths. He's looking at the Night King. The Night King is slowly raising the dead. He's yeah. fucking terrified. But he won't show it to the Night King. So yeah, what he, they do instead yeah. is they have him turn. And it's... 
it barely shows it to us and it's very it, it's definitely been shot and edited this way to the point where you've got to be very quick to catch it but that he's fucking petrified he turns away from camera and he's absolutely petrified but it is for like milliseconds excellent stuff it's that's yeah. really really good stuff because it's like yes we've just seen him hero up we've just seen that he's our big hope but actually fucking hell he's still human and so yeah. he just turns away for that briefest moment and goes oh fuck yeah um, so well done really really good yeah. um and, and as i say they, they hide it from us even it's like it's there you get it but yeah, you've, you're you've, not allowed you've, to see it yeah you've really got you've really got to work hard to see it well it's more it's more implied than anything they cut so quick but it's it's definitely they are it's just yeah. it's brilliant and then yeah just the night king raising the dead is yeah one thing about it it's really really cool and i think it's really cool every time he does that but yeah. i think this this is just me personal me thing. i think there's too much of a delay on it i think like he stood there for a little while at least just looking like he's going what yeah <laughs> what did, it, what it does I take do? a, lot, a very a very long time for his arms to come up and it's almost as if he's sort of throwing his arms as he says me what are you on about yeah but it's like, it's like the first it, time i saw it i remember the first time i saw it because it took him so long to get up i actually genuinely thought and again this is just the wrestling fan in me hmm. right i genuinely thought he was raising his arm up and he was just going to outstretch an arm at one point and give her a bit of like, come on, just bring it. <laughs> like, well, well that, was on, my, that was my thing is he's, he's standing there to a point where I thought he was putting his arms up and then they were going to go out and just you know, leave a big open fucking target on his chest. That's what it so feels like. Isn't it? like he's, he's just there going like, here I am, come and get it. But actually yeah. what he's doing is, is, and I think maybe it's meant to be both. It, um, it is. And I think, but I think you're, you're right. They're so slow, but even, it's his arm movement is so slow, but then they're even slow. They're even slower getting up. It's not as if he's physically raising them. So by as he's moving his arms up, they're they're standing up. Yeah. By the time he gets to the top, then they start waking up. And yeah, the it's... visual on it is slightly wrong. Yeah, it's off, isn't it? I yeah. I agree. It's, it's, it's it. Don't get me wrong. It's really atmospheric. It's really creepy, and it's no. It's it's quite scary. The fact that they do all they do all rise, and when you go to that wide where they're all along the shore and on the cliffs and all mm. the rest, and there's just thousands of them. That is terrifying, and that works really well. But just this bit, this there's just this incongruity of his arms going up and nothing happening, and nothing happening, and nothing happening, and nothing happening. Oh, they're alive! Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, but it looks so, cool. Yeah, it does look cool, and and so yeah, so there we have it. Like, look, the stuff with the sparrow, stuff with the house of black and white. Fuck him! Bullshit! Total bullshit! Right. Um, Tyrion and Danny was good. It's okay. It's fine. All, all fine. Um, especially him speaking truth to her. You know, it's about time someone did. Yeah. Sansa's continuing to grow. That's fine. But it's this bit, this second half, yeah. this end. Ah, oh, this end. Like I want more of this. Yeah. Well, Give this is what the show is always supposed to be. This, this no. And as we said earlier on, you've you've got these these Hollywood executives looking to buy the rights to the book to make this story. Yeah, and, and look, don't get me wrong. Like we, we've just been speaking about how much I, I love Walking Dead and Army of Darkness and things like that. I'm not saying I want more of this because they're zombies, all right, and and whites and stuff like that. Like, yes, it's really cool, and I like the horror elements of it. So that does speak to me personally in terms of taste. But what I really want more of is building these characters over the course of five years and having them suddenly become what they should be and fulfill their destiny yeah. and carry that story forward that's what i want more of and we need the whites to be the villain for john for that to happen and that's what i want more of that is the story here regardless of what george rr R. martin might think yeah 
That is the story. Danny and her fucking around killing people to get to King's Landing. That's window dressing. Yeah. Okay. That is not the story. That's not the real war, as they even say several times in the show. This is the real war. Yeah. This is the story. I want more of this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, as I, I said earlier on, this this is my favorite episode because of this sequence. Um, yeah. And so the the, the 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 scenes with Danny and Tyrion, um, the first one, as I said, I didn't really like. I thought it was a bit too stunted. The second one, I think, was they both played absolutely perfectly. They you know, they they kind they. Whereas early on they were far too cagey, and I think they were the direction was overly cautious. I think by the time they got to that second sequence, they were comfortable enough to go, you know what, let's just do the scene and we'll play it by ear. If it doesn't work, if it's not quite right, we'll do it again and we'll fix it. And I think they they both kind of got it. So they've got their characters to that point where they can get away with that. Um, and the dialogue wasn't as clunky as it usually is, which is a big bonus as well. Um, but yeah, then you get into the second half of this episode where you're into this massive, you know, from the start, from the second you see that boat rowing into shot. All the way up to the to seeing the 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 boat that John's on rowing out the shot, and it's such a high wide shot, and you've got all these whites on the beach, on the beachhead, all on the cliffs, thousands and thousands and thousands of fuckers. From between those two shots, everything in there is more or less perfect. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. It's yeah, it's phenomenal. The end of this episode is absolutely the best the show has ever been. I think, and the best best it ever gets. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Question. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the sad thing. I've actually written in brackets under my comments here. I've I've written pretty much what I've said. You know that ending is fantastic. I want more, and then in brackets, shame this all just leads to disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, not not just this story then, but the whole, I mean, the show in general is kind of downhill from here. And I think part of that is because uh, they caught they they overtook the books and. Don't get no. Don't get me wrong. They'll no, they'll have had an outline from Martin, and they'll have had a, an, an inkling of where they want they needed to go with it. But it just the the the, the quality's not there. And the the depth isn't there to rely on these small scenes like the one you had at Winterfell with Roose and Ramsay. Yeah. There's not enough of that coming up now. Everything everything is in service of the story arc, and there, there's nothing that says okay, well this is important in a couple of weeks' time. Everything is very much here and now. Yeah, from from season six onwards. Um, and I think that the tone changes quite a lot um, once you get into that. Um, so I think that's that's probably my my biggest worry now is what having felt that way when I watched it first, how I'm gonna ta- how I'm gonna take to it the second time around when we've been pulling it apart for the last forty eight episodes. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting sprint to the end yeah. from here I, on out. Isn't yeah, it? and I mean especially the first episode of season six because that is some serious horseshit. Yeah, we got that to look forward to in uh, in a few months' time, actually. Well, yeah, we'll, time yeah we... we'll be in the new year before we do that one. But um, yeah, it's 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 a shame because I said they've they've got to this point, and for me, this is this was a real high point. And then even watching it first time, I'm thinking, oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. So we shall we shall see. I mean, listen, we we've both been pretty happy with it. It's it's very rare that we're you know, we come out of an episode actually quite positive. Well, not quite positive, very positive. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how other people feel because normally we know we're the, the opposite of what the masses are feeling. Um, but yeah, if you have thoughts on that, by all means, get in touch and let us know. We'd know we'd love to hear them just because we we're not no we're not divided on this episode. No, there are two there are definite highs and lows in this episode. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's the best thing they did um, across the whole seventy three episodes they they put out. Um, if you do think otherwise excuse me if you do think otherwise or you want to have a have a chat with us or if you want to re, you know talk about any of the points we've made uh you can find us on 
Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, uh, where you can find our previous episodes and our other shows as well. On Facebook, we're the Devil Down Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, uh, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, we'll get back to you as best we can. But until next time, game over. <laughs> <laughs>